0: and welcome to the 198th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey, guys. Churro! What's up? What have we done to deserve this? I don't know. I mean... Every time, Churro, every time we record a podcast, we release said podcast, in the time between us recording and releasing the podcast somewhere in between then in the no-no zone of the time that we can't even do anything about it. Square Enix always decides that's the time to release news. Cause <laughs> so you see that Monday.
1: They're on to us.
0: <laughs> they're on to us, they know our release schedule, and they always like to release big news right when we can't do anything about it at, like, the worst times, so... <laughs> Unless it's like major breaking news. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's usually it it, yeah, it's usually that. In in this case yeah, in this case I would definitely say it was major breaking news that we couldn't talk about for a while. We're talking, you know, Kingdom Hearts series phase two. We're talking about Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, Kingdom Hearts Dark Road releasing. A lot of big stuff to cover, Truro. Yeah. But good news. Good news is we have a lot of news this episode, so we'll have a lot to talk about for sure.
1: Yeah, we don't have to, you know,
0: make something up and drag it along. Exactly. Best. All right. Anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com and K-H-Un- Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter which is Union. Okay. And we ha- uh, As I mentioned before, we have a two-segment show and we have a news segment and a question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Union. We ha- have our executive producers for this episode as Nahika Blaui, Alex and Rachel Troutman who are at Akira Namejian guide seeker billy jackson who's at underscore billy jackson chris morales miles ribbons michael graham david calro barry norton who's at Nortron zero chris pope who's at dr pope 181 thorn bullen who's at massacre 23 and sure if you take these last ones we have yannick nod who's at yannick nod we have tory patrick freya stella
1: fayas bialy flip Sir nuss Lewis James, Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes 22, Zach Doronto, Yam Potato, exclamation point, Rachel Casterston, who's at Uber Noon Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Time Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster 73, and Joseph Robertson,
0: who's at Pokemon Trainer J. And be a part of the show! Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail dot com. And as a reminder, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind Spoilers are fair game. And, big announcement, episode 200 is coming very quickly. And, yeah. There's only two more episodes, uh, or actually one more episode in between. So, uh, yeah, this will, the next, or, or the 200th episode will release on iTunes on the 28th of July, but... Uh, Current plan is we would like to maybe do a live stream. You know, we did it for episode 100. Why not do it for episode 200? Right. So, yeah, basically uh, current idea is that possibly on July 24th in the evening or July 25th in the evening. So July 24th would be Uh, Friday, July 25th would be a Saturday. We're still trying to figure out what the best schedule would be. So if you have any particular, uh, input on that, if you'd like to join and, uh, one day of that would probably be better than the other, definitely let us know. We're still figuring out what we could do personally, but, uh, yeah, if we can know, you know, who's intending to be present for that, that would be great and uh, letting us know, you know, who we, who we should be, uh, you know, trying to cater towards, um, in terms of the actual live stream itself, we're playing around with ideas with what we can do. Uh, we're thinking about, you know, making it a more visual experience and, uh, you know, possibly, I mean, Churro, you know, you do live streams, yep. you've got the whole face cam thing down, uh-huh. I have a webcam, and I'm I'm definitely fine with getting on webcam. But I, I have not really like done that before, so I'm gonna need to figure out what the you know what kind of setup and stuff I'm gonna need to do in like OBS and stuff to get that looking okay. Um, I can help you. With I, that. I, I I hear the secret is lighting, lighting <laughs> which which I don't have. So you're just gonna uh, buy some
1: light bulbs that are like white.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Or, here's here's an alternative. I could just have one of my screens, one of my monitor screens, just put a big white picture on it.
1: That could work, just too, but, it's, but really it's all about the lighting.
0: Yeah, that's so true. That's what I hear. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I have a crappy web, Not a crappy webcam. I mean, it's a decent webcam, but it is still just a webcam, which webcams are inherently crappy, so... We'll have to see how that uh, that turns out. But uh, yeah, so we're thinking about making it kind of a more visual experience. Uh, we'll have to see how that'll uh, work out. We've got some time to put that together, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions for anything that you'd like to see on the show, definitely let us know on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we can uh, take those sorts of things into consideration. All right, Churro. Oh, 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 and yeah, and just uh, in in general, I know we haven't made any, like, uh, you know, solid uh, statements on when exactly it's going to be. And so all of that stuff, definitely follow us on Twitter, Twitter uh, at uh, KHUnion, and all of the particulars, once they are known, we will be announcing them there. We will be promoting it there. That's the place to go to get the up to date information on what the uh, live stream is gonna be. So uh yeah. This is a new thing for us. We've we've well we've tried we we did do it in the past. We literally did it for episode one hundred. Yeah but we weren't on <laughs> but this cam is- though. We weren't on cam though, exactly. It was literally just uh it was just me and then like uh well I, I wasn't on cam, but it was just a video of my desktop and I had like a PowerPoint presentation going. <laughs> Yeah, so this is. And that this was is, about it.
1: We're entering this new is a territory. Step up.
0: Yeah, new territory. We're entering uh, the current era. It's
1: like it's like ten years and like two hundred episodes later.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, like how it took forever for Kingdom Hearts to finally have a console game after a while, and to finally like update their graphics after two hundred years. That's us. Yep, we're that finally is- up- we're upgrading our podcast to Unreal Engine four. That's basically what's happening. No more crystal digit- tools. No more crystal tools. We're going to luminous, or we're going. No, not luminous. Not luminous. not luminous. We're going to Unreal. All right, all right, Juro. It's time. Let's talk about the news. We have news. We have Surprising. lots of news. Well, Too much news. And it's
1: well, it's weird how this news came about.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really random.
1: Well, not really. Ra- well, it was random because of the circumstances that happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Because so
1: technically, this trailer was supposed to come out uh in april because remember yeah that was the original plan and then they they moved it to june but then they had to move it up because of a, a certain leak that happened
0: yep unfortunately yeah uh so yeah uh, one of one of the games in this uh particular situation uh did get leaked in an unfortunate way but that's all under the bridge now, I guess. And now we can just talk about the games that we know about. So, yeah, uh, basically there's a big trailer. Kingdom Hearts 2020 is what it was called. And it's got a really interesting uh, purpose. Like, this is the first time in, a, in in a while that we've really had a trailer that was all about the vision of what they want for the Kingdom Hearts series. And, yeah, basically their vision for uh the future of the series is this concept known as kingdom hearts series second phase which sounds familiar I get, yeah sounds very familiar and so familiar that like uh it was really interesting when the title kingdom hearts 2020 was coming on The screen, it comes in at this weird angle and, you know, you're seeing it at the sides of the letters. You know, you're seeing, you know, these are 3D letters and you're seeing, like, the sides of the letters and projected onto the letters is, like, scenes from prior Kingdom Hearts titles. And it's very eerily similar to If any of you have ever watched a Marvel movie, like, right before the Marvel movie starts and the Marvel logo comes on the screen, the letters for Marvel show up in a very similar way. And just like in this trailer, they have, like, clips from prior, like, Avengers movies and, like, you know, trying to get you hyped for the movie you're about to watch and yeah basically this is a big rip off of like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in terms of the concept of the trailer but I think it had a purpose and I think the purpose is that it's trying to clue you into what they're trying to do with the Kingdom Hearts series going forward and that is that they want to make it more like kind of like you know the the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that way now to be honest Juro I've always felt like Kingdom Hearts has always been like that Like, ever since they announced Chain of Memories in Kingdom Hearts 2 all the way back in, you know, 2003, Kingdom Hearts has kind of always been like this. But I think this is the first time that they've ever really formally made it a thing where this is, like, the second phase of the series. Like, we've had, I don't know, at least to me, in my mind, even though the Xehanort Saga is over and even though they called everything prior to this the Xanort saga i've always felt like there have been like eras of kingdom hearts like you know we had kingdom hearts 1 and then they had the era of chain of memories and 2 then they had the era of uh 358 over 2 birth by sleep encoded uh and then you know add in dream drop distance and then they had the era of you know uh union uh, or uh, unchained or key unchained key all those games back cover 0.2 and all that stuff and then finally kingdom hearts 3 like there have been like f- eras we'll say not maybe not the phase but like there have been parts of the kingdom hearts series that have kind of had this feeling to it, but this feels a bit bigger in my mind. I don't know about for you, Churo, but how do you feel about this being more of a formal thing now, Churro? What's that? The, you know, the the whole idea of this being like, okay, this is the second phase of the Kingdom Hearts series. Like, How do you feel about them like coming out and being very bold about proclaiming this? It wasn't really bold because it was like,
1: maybe like a, a second and a half of them showing that in like very like yeah hidden, yeah they're hidden, still hinting at hidden it hidden behind like all the graphics behind it so they yeah. weren't really being upfront about but it but they're
0: being very they're being a lot more formal with this than they have in the past True. do you think this you know so they're calling this Kingdom Hearts series second phase right right and i guess the the first phase as far as we knew it, it was the Xeonort Saga, and then it was also the Dark Seeker Saga. Do you think this is going to get like a proper name later, or is it always just? Good? Do you think it's they're going to stick with Second Phase?
1: I, I, I think they might give it a name later. This is because you know how Namara is when it comes to like concept and stuff. Yeah. What do you so...
0: if you, if you had to take a guess, what do you think the if it was gonna get a name, do you think uh what do you think it might be
1: uh, the master of masters
0: era, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking is like in terms of like who's gonna be at the center of all this I mean the last era, so to speak, or the last phase it was all centered around Xehanort and you know his progeny uh so I guess like the next guy in line, as far as we're to assume, is the Master of Masters, so, you know, if we, if we take the, you know, the pattern of it being, you know, based on who the villain is, then yeah, it, it could be about, you know, you know, f- focusing on, uh, on uh, Master of Masters, assuming he's the villain, but uh, I, I guess alternatively, it could be something related to Sora. it could be something related to the fact that sora is like you know in in another world line so to speak like it could be you know related to that like there's definitely a lot of things but yeah i agree with you churro at least as far as we know about the only other phase there's been that phase was Titled based on the villain and as far as we can tell the only villain we can really think of even though he hasn't really done anything villainly yet would be the master of masters so uh yeah moving moving on to talking about the trailer more specifically uh yeah basically as far as we know about this whole second phase idea uh basically in the diagram that you talked about churro the one that's uh you know, kind of, they show very subtly. Uh, they're basically saying that this second phase has already started and it started with kingdom hearts three remind. And I guess if we think about it, like that makes sense. Like we had the whole, like, uh, all, all the stuff that happens towards the end, you know, once Sora has finally crossed over, You know, we have all the stuff from Limit Cut. We have all the stuff from the, you know, the secret boss. Like, there's definitely a lot of story content that happens that takes place after Kingdom Hearts 3. And uh, I kind of feel like that's kind of where it, uh, where that fits in. Why Remind is already part of the second phase. Because that storyline is definitely, you know, all about continuing the series. So that makes sense to me. Uh, And then it will then continue on with uh, Dark Road, which is now released. And then uh, towards the end of the year, there's uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, which we'll talk about more later uh, when we get to that part of the trailer. But uh, yeah, pretty interesting. And uh, in English text, uh, I might add, they mention that there will be three new stories and six new playable characters. So I think it's interesting. So Churro, like I I mentioned before, like, uh, I've always felt like these, you know, kingdom hearts has always had these like eras, so to speak. And they usually came in clusters of three, you know, you had kingdom hearts one, two and chain of memories, you know, recoded birth by sleep and, uh, uh, Tree, uh, recoded birth by sleep and three five eight over two, like those were kinda like trios of games and you can kind of see like zero point two and uh back cover, you know, all the union cross stuff and Kingdom Hearts three, that's kind of a trilogy. So I guess like do you think it's gonna be a trilogy like that? And Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, I mean Yeah. I mean it's a pattern that we've seen over and over again. I mean ha- I yeah. mean even the main characters, you know, are always a trio. Yep. You know, so... Good point. You know, we're just missing... Maybe... Because remember how Nomura mentioned that, you know, there's he's working on a couple games, and, you know, one of them is in Kingdom Hearts 4, so maybe Kingdom Hearts 4 is basically that third the trio. Yeah. You know, because yeah. he did mention that he's he working on a game that, was, that would be releasing sooner than we think, which is Melody of Memory, you know? Yep, you know, and we got both Dark Road and Melody of Memory in the same year. Yeah, so maybe that Kingdom Hearts Four is basically that that third one out of you know the trio that's missing with this this new yeah know, release.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, uh, yeah, you bring up a good point. Like, we we've gotten so far this year. We've already gotten two titles already that are a part of the second phase, and there will be a third title that supposedly, as long as it doesn't get delayed, you know, knock on wood, COVID-19, but as long as it doesn't get delayed, the third title will release before the end of the year. We'll have three Kingdom Hearts titles that occur in the second phase of the Kingdom Hearts series before the end of twenty twenty. That's crazy, Churro. Like we we're talking there's literally a question last episode that's like, is this the end of the world for Kingdom Hearts? Like are we not gonna get anything? And then suddenly it's like bam, we are we've already got we've already got three confirmed titles just for this year in Kingdom Hearts. Pretty crazy. Right. And uh speaking on that, Churro, so the next uh, other really interesting point that they bring up about the second phase is there will be six new playable characters which I find to be pretty crazy because like now what I want to know and, and this is going to be unclear but what I want to know is when we're talking about six new playable characters does that include playable characters that were added in in Remind because in terms of Remind like pretty much most of the characters were characters we've played in the past except for Kyrie. Kyrie was new. Yeah. And so you know, we played Roxas before, we played Aqua before. Uh Ven wasn't playable, right? He wasn't playable, but we've we've played Ven in the past, we played Terra in the past, we played Mickey in the past, we've played Riku in the past, so obviously we played Sora many times. My but question man, is six, My yeah. question
1: is uh would the Dark Road characters be considered as new characters? Because I mean, they they are, but minus you know Zaynor yeah. and Ericus, but we never played as them before.
0: Yeah, I mean, so far, like, uh, we'll we'll get more into the gameplay of Dark Road later. But like, yeah, like you said, uh, in terms of Dark Road, the main character is Xehanort. I would like, at least for me personally, I would consider that to be, you know you know, Xe- Xehanort is the playable character, whereas, you know, Ericus, who's th- always there with you, and then the, th- the third party member that you choose to have with you, they're with you, but you're not, you're not necessarily playing as them, but because this is a card game that you're just like swiping on cards or like everybody else who's human uh, just hit the auto button, like, you're not really playing as those other two characters, but you're not, necessarily not playing as them so it's it is kind of weird to describe that but i would consider that as like okay if if dark road counts then one of the play one of the new playable characters is xehanort and that makes sense to me xehanort is a new playable character fine and then if you want to say in remind that was Kyrie, okay fine okay that's two we still have four new playable characters emphasis on the new and like I mentioned, earlier like we've had lots of characters that we've played in the past. And if you also want to take into consideration three five eight over two, and the the multiplayer mode, like how many characters are playable in that? Aren't Donald and Goofy also playable in that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Donald, Goofy, Mickey, the thirteen organization members, like it crosses all them off the list like churro do you have any ideas for who some of the other ones could be probably brand new characters or yeah, brand maybe new characters for, for yeah that's a good point foretellers we've never played them um yozora maybe if he gets a game um i mean those are like yeah i mean yozora and the foretellers are the only ones that I can think of off the top of my head that we've definitely not played as that we know of, but yeah. Other than that, like yeah, churro, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm gonna hedge my bets on it being possibly new characters. Actually, one character that I would really like to have a game as, but I don't know if he's too mysterious to have his own game, like, or, or if if he would be too mysterious to be the main character. But I mean, we have Xehanort, but. It would be Ephemer, because Ephemer, like he's a really cool character. He's he's definitely gives off Sora vibes, you know, kind of like Sora and Riku mixed together. And he he seems like he'd be a really cool character to control, but you know, kind of like I said, like he's definitely treated as being like a very mysterious kind of character. So I wonder if he's uh, too much to be uh, a playable character. Do you think? Chiro, how do you feel about Ephemer if, if he was a main character? Do you think we know too little about him, or or if he's like too much of a vehicle for the plot to be a main character?
1: It really depends because like we have to. I mean, we still don't know what happens at the end of Union Cross. I mean, we are heading we, towards we the still, final chapter yeah. for that, but at the same time, yeah, in the story of Union Cross, he sort of just shows up, disappears for a long time yep. and then shows up randomly and then, you know, it's it's been an on, on and off thing for him since then. I mean, it'll be nice to see his own journey of where he goes and what he does because yeah. he's the only one that actually kept defying the orders of going into the clock tower, you know. So yeah. basically, he he was like one of the first people to know, like, something isn't right here, you know. Yep. And he was chosen as one of the Dandelions as well as Chosen as one of the new foretellers, you know, yep. after the Keyblade War. So basically, it's it'll be a good story to show how wow. this kid, you know, seemingly, you know, broke out of, you know, the the usual everydayness of waking up, go click some looks to say, yep. okay, wonder what's... It's kind of like uh, Neo from the Matrix, you know, he kind of like... Yeah, pretty much. Kind of like noticed, you know, things weren't really, you know, as what they seemed. Yep. You know, so then he, you know, he, we all know what happens in the Matrix, you know, he gets out and blah, blah, blah. So basically, it'll be a good journey for Ephemer to, to, to kind of like show what he's been up to whenever he leaves the, yeah. the main player character on his own and, you know. He definitely, yeah, he, his role he, as a he's one. got...
0: Yeah, he's got the like, like, just like you said, Tro, He's got the makings of a Neo type character, and you know we've seen you know his type of character in stories before, and he he could definitely be a main character. I just wonder, what if? And this is getting into conspiracy theory territory. What if Ephemer turns out to be? you know in the distant future or whatever what if he turns out to be someone like Master of Masters if that's the case could he still be the main character I mean I I just wonder about that I mean if you think about it like we have a game about Xehanort now and he ends we know who he ends up being so see, that's I, a, that's I guess a thing it's, thing it's possible
1: because like, like at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3 during the epilogue you see you know Zigbar is summoning the older, the old foretellers back, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. whatever happened to the the new foretellers? You know, I'm, I'm sure. Sh- I mean, I'm sure yeah. we're going to find out. You know, as Union Cross comes to a close, but it makes me wonder. You know, you know what's going to happen with them? You know, we all they're all built. They all got built up to be these successors to the old foretellers, and now they're suddenly gone, and then and the old foretellers have come back. You know, and then here, if Ember shows up in Kingdom Hearts 3 and gives Sora a hand, you know, Mm -hmm. during his fight with the, you know, the Heartless Wave. So it's like, it's like, what exactly is,
0: you know, going on (laughs) pretty much? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, I I guess, yeah, moving on to uh, another part of the trailer. Uh, something you mentioned, Churro, is that in the during the Union Cross segment of the trailer, there's basically some text that appears on screen that says, The final chapter begins. And it basically kind of hints at the idea that Union Cross, the, uh, the main story of Union Cross, may be coming to an end. Like churro, how do you feel about that? You know, this. I mean, Union Cross has turned out to be quite the epic story. Like, it's really cool. And you yeah, get past all the filler. <laughs> once you get past all the filler, exactly. If you can get past all that filler, yeah, it's it's a, a really amazing thing. Uh, but yeah, it finally coming to end to an end, possibly. Uh, how, how how you feeling about this? I think that. It's it's something that you'd never
1: thought would happen because you would think that, you know, Union Cross was going to be like, you know, like a gotcha game that would continue on until, you know, the Morrow falling thought it was time to pull the plug and I didn't think it would be this soon. But then again, the game has gone on for four years.
0: That's true. You
1: know, so, you know, I, we all know that it was going to come to an end at a certain time. But like, I think it's just only for the story the game Union Cross is still probably going to keep going, you know, because yeah. you still got, you know, the online modes like Coliseum and the Union Cross yeah. methods, but like the actual story, you know, it had to come to a close at some point, but I didn't think it would be this soon.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of hoping, Churro. I hope that with it potentially coming to an end, I hope maybe in, you know, either in the final update or you know, in updates that will be to come, I hope somehow they can streamline the story experience so that a new player hypothetically could come in and experience the main plot in an easy way, you know, that they could just really just mainline the plot and get through the whole story that's actually important. I know that with uh, Final Fantasy XIV, they're going through a refactor like that where they're trying to make that whole process a lot quicker for you to get through the, the main story that's actually important and get rid of a lot of the filler aspect of it. Churro, uh, do you think that would be like a good idea for them to do, like making the actual main story part that's good at a Union Cross actually make that more accessible?
1: I would I would say so because the, there's over probably I think there are over like a thousand quests right now and yeah there's really no way someone who wants to get into Union Cross is going to be able to jump into that much time to you know for that you know Square Enix may have to do something you know like like they did with Days and Recoded make another video. That shows only the yeah. important parts of Union Cross, just so that they can have a, like, a Cliff Notes version of what goes on.
0: Yeah. Kind of like how, much.
1: like, cause, like, you know how they had, uh, there's these, uh, remember right before Kingdom Hearts 3 was released, they released, like, those five videos on YouTube. Yeah, of, yeah. And yeah. they narrate, narr- you know,
0: what the story was so far. Like, they should do yeah. something like that in regards to Union Cross. I mean, that's pretty much, like, the best way to watch it now is through YouTube cutscenes. (laughs) Through cutscenes on YouTube. That's it.
1: Yep, you know, just gotta thank, you know, the people who spend the time translating. You know, Gold Goldpatter's been doing an amazing job for the last four years translating Mm -hmm. all the Japanese side of the game.
0: Yep, it definitely has been, you know, uh, an amazing effort, and, like, I I just wish that there was something... Official from Square Enix themselves, that you know, this story, which I really like, I think the story is really good. It's you know, some of the best King Horde story that we've had in a long time. It's like it's new, it features a lot of new characters, uh, it features a lot of stuff that's separate from Storage Source Journey. Like, it's really interesting. I just wish it was in a better package. You know, a lot of people call for the idea of, like, what if we had a a console version? Like, what if this was remade as an actual proper console game? Uh, I I personally don't expect that to happen because, like, to do Union Cross justice in terms of the the level of story it has and to do that on the level that I'm assuming people would want, which would be like a typical console game, that game would be at the very least on the same level as uh, of uh, of production as you know making a full numbered title like union cross has that much content in it it is basically a full number titled worth of game in there and i just i personally don't see square enix undertaking that not that they are not making those level games anymore it's that to undertake something like that, it would take time away from producing something like Kingdom Hearts Four, the actual next number title. And, you know, continuing on with the series. And, you know, like 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 we were talking about, like it seems like they want to end this. And if they want to end this, uh I don't think it's, you know, necessarily something they wanna keep uh you know, putting that much effort into when they could instead be putting effort into the future. So yeah, I personally don't see it happening, but like you know, uh, like we were talking about, it would be nice if we could get something to sort of more easily encapsulate the story of Union Cross because that, if anything, that we can all agree on. One thing that's really good about Kingdom Hearts Union Cross is the story. So, if there's some way we could get that in a better format, that would be great. So, uh, yeah, uh, moving on from there, uh, the Kingdom Hearts Three soundtrack. It's finally yes, been announced. Finally, it's coming out fall twenty twenty worldwide. I'm
1: just still wondering what was causing like the delay in <laughs> in the soundtrack because like the Seven Remake Soundjay came out like a month after Seven Remake yeah. was released. And was we had Relics? a we had a wait. It like, was it a uh, was it Randy Newman? Was it Disney was it Randy? New- <laughs> it might have been Randy Newman. <laughs> uh, but like we had a wait of freaking like. Over a year,
0: yeah, for a soundtrack.
1: But I am ex- excited for this.
0: Yeah, time this to is listen
1: uh, to it, cry, and cry some more.
0: Exactly, it's been a long time coming, but it's finally coming out. I, I, I don't think we'll ever get the answer to your questions, Churro. But I, I, I'm with you. I hope one day we do get that. It'd be really nice if we could. So, uh, yeah, after that, um, they finally announced the, th- the thing we all have been waiting for, Churro, the very first Kingdom Hearts Rhythm Action game. Churro, it's what we've been asking for our whole life. It's Atlantica, the game. Um, ever, ever since I played Atlantica in Kingdom Hearts 2, I always felt, man, I wish everything was like this. You know, and everything could be finny fun. Yeah, God ever hate me for
1: saying that. But no but uh actually when Theat Rhythm, Final Fantasy came out, the cute little uh chibi style that was designed by Monster Octopus, you know, came out, and then they, they used it with the the you know, the mobile the mobile avatar kingdom. Remember that? When uh for Kingdom Hearts a lot of people was hoping for a Theat Rhythm style uh, music rhythm game for Kingdom Hearts. But that
0: that Never materialized. So... Yeah. Now, I've seen some people say, like, oh, you know, the fact that they're using these uh, old-school assets is a potential hint that they might be thinking about, uh, you know, porting uh, things such as, like, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 to the Switch. Oh, which, by the way, this game is coming out on the Switch. First Kingdom Hearts game available on Switch. Yay! Yay. I will just uh, point out that um, this game is not running on the those 1.5 and 2.5 games engines. This game is running in Unreal Engine 4. What? Really? Yes. yes. Uh, just because it's using the old assets does not mean the engine underlying it is not Unreal Engine 4, which it is. If you notice, the lighting is very different than it was back in the old games, in the old days. It's a lot better than it has been. It'll take kind of like a closer look. If you took a closer look at it, you'll definitely notice that uh, the actual way things are being rendered, even in the older segments, is a bit different. And yeah, I know Unreal Engine 4 games, they tend to look like really, they'll have this like very realistic look to them. And, you know, even Kingdom Hearts 3 itself, like it has this really high-end graphical presentation. But... That's not the only way it can look. You can turn off a lot of those effects. You can make you can make an Unreal Engine 4 game look like it's from the PS2. You can make an Unreal Engine 4 game that looks like it's on the PS1. Like art style is not a limiting factor. Presentation is not a limiting factor. Yeah, I mean look, to, look at all the
1: good indie games that are coming out yeah. that look like they're games from like, you know, the the early the late the late 90s, you know, SNES yeah. style. But those are all games that are, you know,
0: presumably running on Unreal Engine 4. Yeah, Unreal, Unity, like, the the engine underlying it doesn't necessarily have to determine what the actual art style is. And, you know, just look at, uh, you know, Dragon Ball Fighters. That's running on Unreal Engine 4. And that looks nothing like, you know, some of the, you know, it doesn't look like what Final Fantasy VII Remake looks like, for example. Uh, you can make 2D games in Unreal Engine 4 I- I- if you really wanted to. So yeah, this is uh, this is definitely running in Unreal Engine 4. It seems like a good chance for them to tip dip their toe into the water when it comes to the Switch and getting Kingdom Hearts running on uh on Switch. Yeah, because because
1: so, always stated that he always likes to experiment on you know use experiment games on consoles. Yeah, you know, like for example with the 3DS. You know yep. he. He used Dream Distance as not something to pop out, but to dive into. Yes. You know, so it's like he used, and you have to remember, Namor is no stranger to putting Kingdom Hearts games on different platforms. You know, oh, yeah. we, all, we all saw through that, you know, Game Boy Advance, Chain of Memories. He, why? Because kids always stated that they wanted to play Kingdom Hearts on the go you know exactly then you know breath by sleep psp because you know they felt that kingdom hearts uh, breath by sleep is like technically episode zero so they felt like yep you know the PSP could run it then you know days and recoded on you know the ds because of the dual screen setup and then junior distance more like an evolution of that you know yep and then you know the ps4 finally you know is you know with back cover in 0.2 you know it's you know it's like you just like you said it's more like i don't want to say the word experiment but it's more like they are just you know testing to see kingdom hearts running on the switch you know yep it's just like um oh there was a game like kind of like putting like the witcher 3 and like and uh skyrim dude Do-
0: yeah doom 2016 and wolfenstein yeah,
1: you know they're they're you know they're just there to see if how well their games can run on a
0: device like yeah. Switch.
1: So, you know, like And the
0: Switch is the Switch is very it's a very capable console. Like it's a console that definitely punches way above its weight class when it comes to, you know, game engines. Like uh Unreal Engine 4 is actually very well supporting of the Switch. Uh and, you know, I, we've mentioned it in the past, but you know, there's games like uh Dragon Quest Eleven. You know, Dragon Quest XI, the best version of Dragon Quest XI is actually available on the Switch. Now, not best looking, it's not the best looking version of Dragon Quest XI, but it is, you know, the best version in terms of the content they've added into it, which proves that None of Dragon Quest XI's experience, even though the graphics were downgraded, none of the experience was taken away from it. It's the full console experience. You can experience 100% on the go or on the TV. Everything's in there, and it's running in Unreal Engine 4, and it looks great. Like it, Even though it is visually downgraded, it's one of the games that's actually translated the best to the Nintendo Switch and uh, actually the Drag Quest people, they actually I think they did a GDC talk about it of how like all the things that they um, they chose to downgrade that would have the least visual impact but have the biggest gains in terms of performance. So yeah, I, I definitely agree, Chiro, and I th- here here's kind of what I'm feeling is I'm I'm thinking that if Kyrie does get to actually fight in this. I think it's kind of going to be a bit like how Remind was, how uh, it, it'll be kind of like a boss rush situation. Maybe we won't have so much control over Kyrie's layout and, you know, what kind of stuff she takes into battle with her. You know, maybe it'll be, you know, uh, or, or even like kind of like how Riku was in Kingdom Hearts 3, how they would just throw you into the battle with Riku, and then he's got the setup. He's got, you know, not you don't get to decide it, but you actually get to control it. You get to play it. You get to fight it's with basically, it. Basically, zero point two. Yeah, well, zero it's, point two. There was actually a, an actual. Uh, th- there was actual exploration there, which they could have. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying they wouldn't. Uh, at least, kind of what I was thinking of and kind of describing is more like how in Remind, how they just throw you into a battle randomly. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was feeling. But, you know, you're, you're right. It could be like 0.2 as well. Um, kind of what I'm seeing here, though, is I think what they will definitely go for, though, is they'll go f- if they do have exploration and if they do have worlds other than just, you know, uh, the... Uh, 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 final world. If they have anything other than that, I think they're definitely going to be worlds that are a lot smaller in scale than the stuff that was in Kingdom Hearts 3. Because, uh, we-, we talked about it before, but one of the reasons why Kingdom Hearts 3 was deemed un- infeasible for, uh, the Nintendo Switch is, you know, the worlds that were in it, namely the last two big Disney worlds, Pirates and, uh, And Big Hero 6, there's no way those two, you know, the big open world experience, there's no way those were going to run on the Switch uh, without being massively downgraded. But, you know, you take a world like Radiant Garden, which seems like that's where it's mostly placed. Radiant Garden is pretty, like... uh, well-contained, like, you just have really that courtyard area out there, which we actually got to explore now, uh, with Remind, like, with Remind, you're actually able to go around it, and you can see, like, it's just as limited as it was back in, uh, the, uh, Birth by Sleep days. Like, that, that particular world, that particular area was designed with the PSP in mind, and, you know, PSP limitations in mind, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we would be able to fight and actually have proper battle in that particular area. Uh just considering how uh limited it is and you know it's not a big open world, it's just one room. It looks good, not not trying to downplay it at all. Looks real good. Um but it is not this big explorable thing like you know, pirates of the Caribbean or toy story or any of those bigger worlds like we had in kingdom hearts three. Like it's a much smaller thing that could also run on the switch. I would say final world, another excellent candidate. Like final world is really simple. Like it's just a flat plane with water and clouds in the sky. You, You can't get more simple than that. So I'm, I'm kind of feeling areas more like that where it's like one room I feel like what one room areas or really simple areas like Final World, that those are things that the Switch could handle. So I would totally expect that kind of stuff to appear in this game more so than like a big Disney World. Like, I I, I don't know. I just personally don't feel like there would be any crazy Disney Worlds in this adventure, really. You know what it kind of reminds me of? and it has a similar name is chain of memories. You know, yeah. I wonder I wonder if, you know, with chain of memories, you know, you think back and like you had the areas in between, you know, the castle oblivion areas. I wonder if we'll we'll have that kind kind of experience, maybe that kind of experience will be more traditional. You know, maybe we'll be exploring through Final World and having a more traditional experience, and then we'll find you know some sort of entry point to start a you know a mini game or something like that. But could, I, mean, could, you also... could
1: def- I could definitely see that. I'll be like, you know, how it's like a that like the yeah. Final World would probably be like a hub. Yeah. So like, you would have like different like. Doorway, probably like doorways, or, or, or the, cause you know how there's cutscene where it showed Riku and Kyrie talking yeah. to the stars. Maybe the stars are like hold the key to holding Sora's thing. So, like, yeah. Every time, you know, you would be finished one, it would be like you go right back to the final world and then you approach the yeah. other star, maybe, and that starts the other sequence. And then when you're yeah. done, basically, maybe that's when you finally, you know, get approached by the, the
0: club figure. Yeah. The only thing that does kind of put a monkey wrench in, in that is uh, there's that whole uh, part of the trailer where you see the gummy ship <laughs> flying in space and it shows you the menu that you can use to to decide what uh, uh songs you can play. So, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how that's all going to work out. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm holding out hope, Churro, that maybe there's more to this game than just oh rhythm game. Well, that's why I uh, say that...
1: Uh... We should just wait until well, another, at least another trailer.
0: Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, either way, it's story relevant. So yeah, if you wanted to, you know, experience something like that, you're gonna get it whether you like it or not.
1: Well, the only option so, is not to buy it <laughs> or just
0: wait. Yeah, that's you, that's uh, true.
1: People to put on YouTube or something.
0: That's true. So yeah, the next part of the discussion that I want to have is let's talk a little bit about, uh, about Dark Road. Uh, Churro, I'm sure you played it a lot more than I have. I've only really dipped my toe into it. Uh, I guess for this first impressions, we'll keep it mostly, uh, spoiler free. We're just going to talk about like, I guess the early impressions of the story, but not really go into too much detail, but then also, uh, you know, we can talk about the gameplay and how that is, uh, uh, structured and we can talk about how we feel about that so uh churro what'd you think of uh like the opening of dark road like it's really interesting right yeah it's um
1: basically you know it's basically at the start of how you know xanar got led to his path to mm-hmm. what we know about now you know and then it's you know, him waking up on the beach, and then he's approached by, you know, Ansem's you know, heart. Yep. the the, the the cloak. And then he tells him about, you know, the world, how the world is imprisoned by, like, you know, by the uh, bodies of water that surrounds it. And basically... He basically arouses Xehanort's uh, curiosity about other worlds. Because remember how he... Um, said he you know i always c- claimed that destiny islands is you know like a prison surrounded by water yep and with the cloak figure telling giving him a chance to leave and you know and then him entering the portal and then in he- and up in scala at Kylam, where he meets Erekus. Mm-hmm. you know and then that whole intro you know how they how he always act- keeps asking you know xaynor you know what was it like to be in a different world so yeah it, I really it just, liked it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really good. It's it's a good start to, you know, showing that Zanart is really just your common, you know, teenager.
0: Yeah, you know, it reminds he's just, me a lot of uh, of Riku uh, yeah. and where he's where he started out in Kingdom Hearts One, where he was just like curious about the outside world. He felt like trapped by the place that he was in, and he just wanted to move on and see other things and. And actually, uh, this goes a little bit ahead, but uh, that's exactly how they portray uh, Ericus. Like, Ericus really wants to see the outside world. He keeps, like, exclaiming, like, man, I really want to get out of here and, like, see other things. And And then Zaynard's just there, just like, eh, it's not that
1: good. It's not that big a deal. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, because he's already experienced one world jump. So he's like, all right, it's, uh, you know, different worlds, a different world different people different places but still all a world but then you know Ericus you know he really wants to see the outside world it's interesting to have that uh that dynamic it's got a very uh Sora and Riku kind of feeling cuz you know Sora just as much as uh you know Riku and also Kyrie wanted to go and see the outside world too uh but they take it you know each one of them takes it at a different you know has a different take on it you know yeah. uh you know, uh, in Xehanort and Riku's case, they're kind of like exhausted and like sick of the world that they're in. Whereas uh, in Ericus and Sora's case, they're really interested in the outside world. They want to explore. Whereas more Riku and Ericus, they're trying to like escape the yeah. world that they're in because it's so boring and unsatisfying. So it's really interesting to have that, uh, that dynamic there. Um,. So yeah, they uh, yeah story opens up really interesting. Uh, we actually found it, something really interesting about Skala Ad Kylum that uh, all those uh, other islands out there that have all those cities on them, they're all vacant. Yeah, they're, they're all empty. In there. That's crazy. Didn't know that before.
1: And, and it, it, I hope I hope they actually dive into how Skala Ad Kylum got made. After yeah. the destruction of Daybreak Town, and then well, how did it get vacant? Like is that's Yeah. The world is huge.
0: Yeah, it's huge. And it's like how Seems like is it goes it? on forever.
1: Yeah, and then how how did something like Daybreak Town get destroyed and then it's kind of Like has got made and then it just kinda of yeah.
0: I wonder if maybe not in Dark Road, I wonder if those answers will come more out of uh the ending of Union Cross. Maybe that'll happen.
1: Sure. I I would love to see that too still.
0: Yeah, cuz I mean at least uh, I'm sure the people in Scallad Kylam know more about it than we that than we do now. But uh yeah, I definitely think like one of the best ways to see that is probably firsthand from the people that uh, saw the destruction of Daybreakdown. That'll probably be like the 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 clearest picture that we're going to get if if we get that picture. But yeah really, really cool, really cool opening, and then uh yeah, uh, they talk about basically, you know, you got your upperclassmen, right, and they uh they've gone missing, and uh uh basically it's uh they they make reference to another like uh classman that is uh, at your age, Balder, which we actually talked about last episode that uh Hermod is the brother of Balder. And uh, it seems like that's the case here too, maybe, or at least they might be like roommates or something. Uh, but all we do know for sure is that Balder has an older sister that is an u- upper classmate that is one of the seven that uh, have disappeared. So, as a result of that, uh, Odin has decided to give uh, Balder a different mission. Hmm, Churro, this is sounding very familiar. <laughs> Very, very suspicious too. Very suspicious, Mister Odin. If that's your real name. So yeah, there's there's definitely some uh, very clear and obvious parallels to to Union Cross. You can definitely see why this is called Union Cross Dark Road and not just Dark Road. You know, there's a hu- very clear huge connections here. So uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that all ends up relating. Because, yeah, there's uh, some very strong connections, we'll just say. Uh, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, eventually, uh, uh, Odin, uh, I was about to call him Master of Masters, but Odin has decided, all right, you guys, I'm going to give you the uh, the power that I usually wouldn't give to you at your current stage, but I'm kind of left without any options because your upperclassmen are gone so here's the power to go to other worlds you know make sure you put on this armor to protect you when you go out there from the darkness and you know use your keyblade as a mode of transportation you know we've we've seen this before with the birth by sleep characters and uh yeah then they go on to their next world which is uh, uh agrabah so it's from here that we get to the gameplay which uh I've definitely seen a lot of <laughs> opinions about I've got opinions about it. I'm sure sure you also have opinions about it, but uh yeah, basically most people and I I totally understand are just playing this game in auto mode because
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's really the only way to play because um, yeah, yeah, if you want to make a challenge for yourself, yeah, you swipe it yourself, but if you're doing it for the grind for, you know, be uh, BP or I think yeah. points to level up. saying or you just pretty much put it on auto, and then you walk away, do what you got to do, and then come back hours yeah. later, and basically you're still at it. You're still going at it. Yep. And <laughs> once you once you get to like quest three, I believe, and complete that, you uh, get a mini card which helps you heal when it if it shows up on on your deck. Yeah. If you combine that with uh, Erd in your party, she'll heal you. So basically mm-hmm. if you do that setup then basically you're you can be pretty much invincible if you're doing like the one star uh mi- uh mission yeah then basically you can pretty much go on forever
0: yeah So I I guess I don't know at least in my mind I've you know I I played I played a lot of Union Cross I I kind of fell off it after King Hearts 3 came out but um, I did play a lot of Union Cross and to be fair, Union Cross was a lot of this too. It was a lot of auto battle and, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say some good things that I do appreciate about Dark Road's new structure is that I do like, ironically, actually, I like that they got rid of the exploration. I like that they got rid of that to be quite honest. Cause the experience in Union Cross, while the exploration is interesting, it can definitely be tedious when it's like you're, you know, 150th time that you're in Agrabah. It's the same, like if, if there was less missions in Union Cross, then maybe I would be more inclined to say that Union Cross has the superior gameplay feel. Cause at least in Union Cross, you can explore and you can do other things. You can find, you know, there's some missions that are pretty interesting where you have to find a certain thing in the world and, you know, there there can be interesting quest design in that. But with the type of game this is, where it's definitely more of a grindy experience, I feel like uh, Dark Road's streamlined approach makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Churro, how do you, how do you feel about that structure of the fact that like exploration has been you know basically removed? Um. Like, is it, like, I, is it something think... that you miss?
1: No, not really. No, yeah. God, no. Yeah, because like half the time when I whenever I would play Unicross and I'm like in a hurry to get mm-hmm. to the next mission. It's like I'm like oh, I'm just like gotta put my finger on the screen, drag it, drag so I'll find it, all yeah. the mobs, and then you know flick the, you know the medals. And, you it's know, like so oh, I again. missed
0: one. Dang it! <laughs> now I gotta go back and do it again. Yeah, so
1: you don't get the you know the third Mickey you know, yep. emblem after you clear it. so it's To me, it's nice not to deal with exploration. You know, yeah. it's more about, like, the fights itself than the actual exploration. Because basically, Union cross world exploration is very limited. So basically, once you've seen it once, you've seen it all again.
0: Exactly. There's no it, if, this, if this was a game that had, like, less filler missions and more like, story-type missions, and there was less of like all right go from one end of Agraba to the other end of Agraba <laughs> like if it was less of less of that and more like story related missions and there was story related to you doing the exploration then that would be interesting like I'm someone personally who loves exploration I actually I'm someone that still loves open world games you know I love exploration in games but you got to consider what kind of game it is when you're thinking about what game design matches the best, and honestly, I I agree with their decision here to, to cut that back. And, I guess, like, talking about the auto-battling, I, I don't necessarily hate the idea of there being an aspect of this game, especially the grinding aspect. Yeah. That that's auto. I'm actually okay with that. My, I, I don't know, I, I guess my main... Uh, I don't know, consideration that I have for it or just, like, thing that I feel about it is just that while I do think it makes sense that the grinding aspect of it can be automated, like, could you imagine if it wasn't and you had to actually sit, you had to sit there and tap through that, nobody would play it. For me, when I, I was more into Union Cross, I was more interested... Uh, in the preparation side of the gameplay experience than I was in the battles and I think that's actually okay I don't think battles always need to be the most important part of the gameplay loop I think you know, sitting there and like, especially when, when it was, when it was the, uh, I remember doing the raids for like the, the organization 13 members and you would go in there and you would fight them and you'd get to a certain version of uh, a certain level of the battle until you couldn't go further. And then, you know, you would fight it with what you have to see where you are not, uh, succeeding and then you go back and you rethink your deck. You rethink it. You try to build a better deck that is better catered to this particular battle and it's uh, the things that it needs uh, to to be successful. And that that part of it for me was interesting. So I don't mind things aspects of this being more automated, less hands on, and aspects of it being more hands on, like the more preparation side of it. So I, I get that. Um, one thing I kind of wish was more of a thing is, you know, since grinding is just this auto thing and it's really not that important, I, you know, I wish I could maybe at a, sl- you know, slower rate than if you actually had the app open. But wouldn't it be nice if you could just set Xanor and his crew uh, to grind? And you could leave the application, and and he would go off, and he would do his battles, and then maybe maybe there's a timer for which that goes, maybe you know every ten hours you have to go back in the app and, and reset him to go grind, but you don't actually have to be in the app. Like I, at least for me, if if that that kind of slight adjustment was there, I feel like it would be more honest about how you're supposed to experience this game. So I say, you know, not just, uh, have it, but let's, let's double down on it. Let's take it even further. Like not only can you do auto, but at least for the grindy stuff, you know, let it be something that you can set and forget and let that be an okay thing. Cause I mean, already we have it in auto mode. We're already, we're leaving our phones <laughs> to play. Uh, why not, uh, double down on it even further. Let us, uh, leave the app in, as, as well. And uh, let our Xehanort uh, level up. Uh, While, you know, there's plenty of games that uh, have uh, systems like this. You know, Farmville is a great example of that, where, you know, there's aspects that take time. And I kind of see that being the same thing. Like, Farmville is a grindy game. And uh, yeah, Dark Road, also grindy and doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing. I say, uh, cater to it, cater to it, make it even easier and uh, try to eliminate any of those barriers, Uh, I'd say one of the great things that Dark Road is doing is how much it's streamlining the experience. So uh, just one area I see that could be streamlined even further is even having to have the app open while it's just doing the world battle section, which uh, isn't as uh, engaging, uh, you know, like you said, at least in the one-star mode. So yeah, just another area of opportunity. So, yeah, I would say ultimately I'm I'm interested in Dark Road mostly for the story as as everyone is. And uh it's it's clear that it's early days. You know, just like how uh Union uh, Unchained Key and Union Cross when you know they first launch, you know, they're pretty early on and especially like uh I I would actually describe this more like how Kingdom Hearts Key was, how that started out and how uh bare bones that was when it first started but you know there there's some interesting things there and i would definitely say at the very least if you don't intend to play the game which you know that's fine uh definitely keep up with the story because the story seems pretty cool so that's that's my uh main impression so far char do you have anything else for uh dark road um
1: not really
0: yeah, <laughs> there's it's not that much to say yet. There's
1: not much to say yet. I mean, it's just basically as simple as you can get for now until they start introducing, you know, more cards and more combinations and doing things.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: It's just basically just what I said earlier, just get the, the mini card and then put Erd in your party and
0: just set it to auto and just let let it do your thing. <laughs> yeah, makes makes sense to me. All right, so moving on to our question segment. This question comes from Joseph Robertson. Question from my son, who is a big Kingdom Hearts fan. In Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, Gula wants to summon Kingdom Hearts to bring back the Master of Masters. In Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, Xehanort summons it. Do you think that this is when the Master of Masters returns, or is it some other time, like at the end of the Keyblade War?
1: Uh, I don't think it did because he would have made an appearance by then. Because uh, you got to remember that he set Luxu on his mission to record the incident. So when you open, you turn on uh zero point two, and you see that cutscene of Luxu recording Kingdom Hearts opening with this, with you know the Keyblade. It, yep. it didn't bring him there. He was just recording the events of it because yeah. uh, Kingdom Hearts open, and then that causes destruction, basically, and all that. So, I think the Master Masters return because, like Zaynor, like basically, um, because when Zaynor summons it, I think that's what finally called it back because he finally, I probably something Xehanort did was you know enough for um him to, you know, say decide okay. I got what I wanted, some time to make an appearance. Yeah, because basically with the foretellers, it's basically seen if they would actually do it, and he did. And now he wants to see it through the eyes of someone else, you know. So I guess, I guess that when Zaynor summoned it, I guess so you know, he he got what he wanted because, like, basically all it was was just him getting information of what happens to the you know the universe. When Skidomar is summoned, you know, mm. so you know that's not something easy to accomplish.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it, it's definitely not clear yet exactly you know what happens. Unfortunately, we don't have like a hundred percent guarantee because we don't really just have we really don't have that much information on Master of Masters yet. He hasn't really appeared that often in the series uh so far the main times we've seen master of masters in t- in his entirety uh the only times we've seen him were uh in back cover obviously this is main uh starring role so to speak uh the next time we saw him was in the secret endings uh, or uh, the first secret ending of kingdom hearts 3 which we don't know how real or not real that was <laughs> cuz uh it was described as a, a dream for Riku so we don't know exactly how that is just yet. And then the other time we saw him was in uh in Remind. At the beginning of Remind, we saw him uh talking to uh young Xehanort at the end of his supposedly at the end of his journey in Dark Road. Like uh we actually got to see uh what Xehanort thought of that experience. Um you know, we don't know too much about how he operates, and then on top of that, there's a high possibility that Master of Masters may also be able to time travel. So, if he can time travel, then who knows when he comes back? He could come back at like a million years from now, for all we know. If he can time travel, so it's a uh, it's it's a tough thing to yeah, say.
1: We, we still don't know like the powers of Master of Masters release. Capability. Yeah.
0: No, nothing's really been revealed he's never really done anything
1: i mean the only biggest thing he has was created you know keyblades for the foretellers and that yep. gave him each a mission you know and, and he wrote the book of prophecies each one yep so it's like i mean he it, it does have some sort of power foresight because he did yeah you know see this unfold you know and then he was able to like just disappear and then reappear So he's basically an entity. And plus he'd be admitted in Union Cross to Lushu in a, you know, one of, I don't say recent, but, you know, something about a few months ago or last year that he mentioned that he, that there were Keyblade Wars, you know, when he was a a child. So he's done nothing but experience Keyblade Wars as a kid. And then now he, as an adult, he wants to
0: see it for himself again. Yeah. So there's uh th- there's still a lot to find out for Master of Masters. So unfortunately, there's no no real definitive answer one way or the other, like when it was. But I I, I definitely uh, I, I can definitely see where uh, where you're coming from with the idea that it could be tied to uh, the summoning of of Kingdom Hearts. You know, Kingdom Hearts definitely has that power. Gula intended to use it to bring back the master of Masters. So I definitely think it's possible that at one of these appearances of kingdom hearts that, uh, may- maybe that's the one that did it, that, uh, that finally brought him back. Um, or maybe he just did it on his own. <laughs> Who knows? Right. <laughs> You're right. Like, uh, I-, I mean, we do know that in, uh, in, uh, the end of, uh, the secret ending in, uh, kingdom hearts three, kingdom hearts is not in the sky but he like sort of makes a heart shape on the moon so he kind of like hints at that idea of like maybe he's looking for kingdom hearts out there who knows but uh yeah that'll be uh interesting to see uh how they how they delve into that he at the very least has the ability or he at least did exist um Seventy five years prior to the events of Kingdom Hearts three, because there's that whole event with uh him at the beginning of Remind where he's like talking to uh, Xehanort after his experiences, assuming, uh, assumedly in a dark road. And uh, a- after that cutscene, it says like seventy five years later, and it cuts to uh, uh Master Xehanort at the Keyblade graveyard, and he's like sort of reminiscing. <laughs> remembering i guess his experience with the master masters there so yeah uh he he may have uh, been there but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the time he uh that he uh finally reappeared back in the world because again in this world time travel exists and uh yeah the rules stipulate that you have to like basically lose your heart to do it but if anybody has probably lost his heart to do that, it's probably the Master Masters. I would not put that past him. So, definitely a possibility there. And uh, yeah, I think let's let's take one last question. Uh, sure, if you take this uh, next one. This is by Felix
1: Monsud, and they ask: On a recent stream, Utada Hikaru said she's never played Kingdom Hearts before.
0: Does that disappoint you? Um no, I, I honestly kind of expected it. Uh, if I'm being real, because yeah. you know, she's a really busy person, and it, it, she is
1: um, a you know she's you know she she's a musician, a very yeah. famous musician, and now that you know she's you know grown up, she's matured, she has a child she's now.
0: A, yeah, she's a mom.
1: So, and plus, not only that, you know, it's common for voice actors or or actors or developers not even play the games that they participate yeah. in it's not really something that they you know some people really do not everybody is a gamer so yeah it's not That's really true. disappointing
0: it's just being they don't games don't interest them. Yeah, but uh, at least in Utala's case, she is at least partially a gamer. She's really good at Tetris. She we loves Tetris. That. Yes, we all she know. She loves Tetris. So she and she's really good at it. Like really good at Tetris. So, so she
1: played. Uh, there's a famous video on YouTube you can watch where she plays against like I think five or six like uh, nah, like like Tetris champions, and she mm-hmm. like beat I think all of them but
0: one. Yeah. That's uh, pretty impressive. So Utada, like, maybe she hasn't played Kingdom Hearts, but she is no joke. She is a gamer, and she really kills it at Tetra. So let's let's not forget that. Uh, I guess one other, like, little injection of uh, trivia that I can mention is I actually did, all the way way back 500 years ago in 2006, when I had my interview with uh Mora one of the questions I asked was... Uh, have have you ever played the Kingdom Hearts games? And she said yes. So Yoko Shimomura has actually played Kingdom Hearts before. So she's one of the one of the developers that she doesn't have to because she's you know she's just in music. She doesn't have to like test the game. So, but she has, as at least she told me. She told me back then that yeah, she did. I don't know if she's kept up with the games. I could imagine like it, it might be difficult uh you know keeping up with it you know with how difficult the games are especially on higher difficulties but at least back then 2006 she did say that she uh played through the games uh obviously Tetsuya Nomura plays the games he has to <laughs> right you know he's uh he but I, wonder,
1: a- I wonder but I wonder if he's played like them when they're finished because you know he used to play with them you know yeah during the that's a to good make sure point it's running well but like has he Cause does I he know... go
0: back and play them after they're done
1: yeah like because i know some uh art musical artists you know yeah. they'll listen to music as they edit it and all that but i know some of them don't actually go back and listen to the full song when they're completed yeah. because they don't like because they because then they'll start criticizing it and yeah they yeah. think that you know criticize your own work you who leads to like you know imperfection about how you do your your job?
0: Yeah, yeah, that, like me. It's that is like really me true. I with this
1: podcast? Like, I don't, I record, but I don't listen back.
0: Yeah, the yeah. podcast
1: because then I, I, I look, I, I'll, I'll hear it and go, damn, yeah, I sound like a fool. <laughs>
0: Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's same for me. I usually don't listen to the podcast episodes once they're done. I mean, I have to when I uh, when I edit it, so at least for me, I'll, I'll have already heard it once before it goes live, and I was here, and I said the stuff that I said in the podcast, so I know what I said and I know what was said by other people on it, so yeah, don't necessarily then, need to listen to it. And only like that, uh, I think it was Nomura or
1: Tayasui admitted yeah. that they... Usually, I, th- I think it was Taya Sui mentioned that they usually research like if they have to go back if they're working on a new game they would have to go yeah. back since there's so many games and so much things to go instead of playing through a game and looking at you know trying to look up information they would actually resort to fan sites and YouTube videos just to pinpoint <laughs> exactly yeah you know what happened in this scene at this time so that they get an idea of what you know so that they don't accidentally retcon or they don't yeah. change something so Taijus Yasui has admitted that they have, like, checked out fan sites just so they, they can get information that
0: they forgot that they can yeah. remember. Which, I can't blame them. Like, can you imagine, like, if you had to, like, uh, go check on one particular story point, and they if they were trying to be completely pure and only use uh, the games as resource, like, that would take forever. Yep. <laughs> like to make sure you have a save at all the points that you need in every single game. No way. Yeah, that would take too long. So yeah, definitely don't don't blame them and uh you know, I have the same experience myself with the podcast, so I can totally understand that. Like sure, I'm sure you don't go back and rewatch your uh, Twitch vods like
1: I have, on occasion I do just so, because sometimes people ask me things, but like I don't go back and sit and watch the whole vod.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah.
1: cause, cause normally some people who are Twitch streamers are also YouTubers, so they'll, what they'll do is download it, and then they'll edit it a bit, and then they'll upload yeah, it Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't do any of that, so basically, the VOD is just there. And like, if I want to replay, like, a, a memory of something, you know, I'll download it, crop it to that point, and then just save it for
0: keepsake. Yeah, so... Yeah, uh to get back to the question, no, uh the fact that Utala Kikuru doesn't play Kingdom Hearts, it doesn't disappoint me. I, I I'm actually kind of like uh I kind of expect most people involved with Kingdom Hearts don't play it cuz a lot of people are like these big-time uh celebrities. I'm I I would bet a billion dollars that Billy Zane has not played Kingdom Hearts.
1: And uh, actually uh, I remember somebody telling me that they met Billy Zane at like a random like convention and like
0: Yeah. Does he even he, remember Kingdom Hearts at all? Oh
1: yeah, he says when people approach him about Kingdom Hearts, he says he still gets surprised when people bring up Kingdom Hearts to him because he says that like most people, because you know he, he's most known for his role in Titanic and yeah, like yeah. Zoolander, yeah, his cameo in Zoolander. But like, but like, he's that's what mostly people who come up to him or in uh, the movie Tombstone. But like, yeah, when people mention Kingdom Hearts, he gets kind of like this shocked look that he's somebody brings up something other than like the common movies that he's known yeah, for his yeah. roles. So like he he still knows what Kingdom Hearts is and like he oh, says he, he, he likes it when people ask him to recite, you know, like his famous lines, you know, like one who knows nothing can understand nothing or, you know, Darkness conquers all worlds type of, you know, thing. He likes it when he when he gets requests to like say those lines. That's awesome.
0: I actually actually uh that, that's more than i would have expected from him i, I kind of expected it, it to just be like another just another thing he's done and you it, know it just depends on the bars a quick like, gig like
1: you know like some like for example david gallagher like when yeah oh know, yeah pe- he's people people know david gallagher from seventh heaven you know yeah and like when but you like but like anybody you know who plays game of arts you know will always like when if you if you there's a video on youtube you know, where he's at a panel in Anime Kanji, which is a con in San Diego, like 2012 yeah. or 2013, right mm-hmm. after Dream Drop Distance was released. And he it's like an hour or something long, and he just like gives this really, you know, cool perspective of how he, you know, look, you know, how he prepares his role for his Riku, and yeah. if he's played the games and what, you know, what he's actually somebody who actually, I don't know if he actually, I can't remember if he actually plays the games, but he's somebody who. I wouldn't be surprised. Takes the role seriously. He takes yeah, that he role really seriously. Yeah, he really does. Because you know, like he, he keeps coming back as Riku. Like, like you know, yeah. at any point he could have stopped on Riku or Square is kind of casting them at somebody else instead. Yep. You know, and like, and then for example, another example is uh, Jesse McCartney when he was going through yep. uh, the Mask Singer. He finally let uh, a Kate Hearts hint in in uh, in one of his segments. You know, and you know to try to guess who who. He was you know under that mask and you know we all know that um that he loves the role of Roxas you know he yeah you know and he's also he voices uh, on a uh, young adventurenger Avengers I think or uh, it's a superhero you know cartoon show that he yeah a yeah. character on and not only like that his mom is also is also in the business too because remember that in, infamous incident where roxas were well, not roxas but Jesse yeah. spoiled you know the the days re uh the days hd re-recording yeah 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 and uh he he uh supposedly someone said that his mom called skranix and told them not to drop him from recording yeah. the, the game and all that cuz his mom's but mom is like a a voice actor talent producer i think
0: yeah so
1: you know so basically some of these people really really enjoy their roles and stuff like that and but when it comes to like playing the games i i'm sure they do just for the sake yeah
0: some some so, yeah i'm definitely sure some some of them do uh but i i i can tell you for sure like bill farmer goofy i'm pretty sure he doesn't play no i don't <laughs> no. think
1: they do like because like I, th- I, I there's some I some people that are like
0: older guys like I don't expect them to play that.
1: Because I I remember hearing I think I read an interview somebody interviewed him at like a Disney thing that if he has to be played Kingdom Hearts he says he never has played Kingdom Hearts.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it, it, it just sense. goes
1: in and just does his role as Goofy and then he you know just goes on to the next thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah I don't I don't I don't blame him I, I I'm just happy that he does his role and he always does it well. Uh, I never complain about Goofy. Goofy's always great. So, yeah, I think that pretty much covers that question. So, yeah, uh, moving on to the music for this episode. Uh, This is a really cool epic orchestral mashup slash medley of several Kingdom Hearts songs. This is uh, from uh, Infinite Rivals Music on YouTube. Really great uh, orchestral cover of uh, a lot of Kingdom Hearts songs. And uh yeah, our next episode of Kingdom Hearts is scheduled for the 14th of July, so definitely check that out when that comes out. And as always, if you guys like the show, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Oh, yeah. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or... Kingdom Hearts Union's
1: Twitter, which is at Union.
0: And as always, if you guys... Uh, Want to support us? Please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreoncom union And if you have any questions to submit for the show, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl it is goodbye time.
1: Hey, that was we a really made good it. episode.
0: We 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 had news. We had things to talk about. We, we like had that. news. Sure. Do you think we're gonna have news next time? Uh,
1: d- <laughs> oh, no, <it> <sighs> right. We'll have to see. Well, there is well. Actually, there's a point I wanted to bring up. Uh, Game of yeah. Thrones reported, like, Square Enix had a conference call uh, the oh, other yeah? day. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah, I heard they about stated that. That, uh, that the titles they were supposed to announce at E3 is going to get pushed back to July or August. Yeah. So, you know, the, like, we all know that Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory was, you know, announced early because of the leak. So, yeah. at least, you know, hopefully we have something
0: to look forward to. Maybe more, another trailer perhaps Melody of
1: Memory?
0: That would be good to see. I want to see more of Melody of Memory. I want them to go more in-depth and more clearly explain what's going on, because, yeah, this was clearly just a, a teaser so far. So uh,
1: Also, I have another question for you. When, yeah. you. when do you think Melody of Memory is going to release?
0: Uh, I, don't say, I, don't say,
1: I don't say give an exact date. I would say just like yeah. give, like, a month.
0: Yeah, mm, that's a good p- question. So... Something interesting about Melody of Memory that uh, I I neglected to bring up is the fact that this game is only announced for current-gen consoles so far, and I just see that as uh, kind of interesting. I wonder if that means it'll come out earlier than we think, uh, but I could also see it coming out later. So my uh, I'm going to give two guesses, and I, I I'm going to give these guesses as being more definitive. I'm not this is not a range. This is a this or a that. I think it will release in either September or December. Not September but you know anywhere from September to December. You say earliest th- September,
1: latest December.
0: Yes, I think it will release either in September or it will release in December. I don't think it will release in October or November. And the reason why I don't think it'll release in those months is I think there's going to be too much in terms of uh, not necessarily competition because, like, you know, it's a pretty unique style of game. But
1: I I said on Twitter that it was probably November, December because of uh, holiday sales. But then I. That makes sense. But then. That was before the delay of Cyberpunk. Yes. So now that Cyberpunk is releasing in November, hopefully this time for real. Yeah. That kind of. But now it's like, well, now I'm thinking back and going, hmm, maybe it could be September because that kind of frees up September. Well, yep. then again, September's uh, uh september's still releasing uh, Avengers though. So That's I don't know. True. If, I don't That's know if wants to put. You know, two of their games, you know, head to head to each other.
0: Yeah, they usually don't. So, so
1: I would say, I would say, probably say October then.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm I I still feel uh, September or December, but you know, now that you bring up, yeah, the fact that Avengers coming out in uh, September, I'm gonna guess more so in December. But yes, yeah, not not a hundred percent, but. Another possibility, Churro, is uh, considering the state of the world and how, you know, we've got all all this, you know, COVID-19 stuff and things that could cause delays. I actually wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know... I mean, I, I don't know how far along in development they are. They probably are pretty far if they're, you know, that confident in releasing it this year. But that being said, it's not impossible that... It Could get pushed back, and if it does, maybe January. It could be.
1: I mean, it's not the first time. I mean, remember, yeah. they kept saying 20, uh, 2018, yeah, for Kingdom Hearts 3, then they finally pushed it back but, one month.
0: Yeah, that's true. But I, this is, I, I don't think this is a situation like, uh, how we've seen in the past where it's like it'll say, oh, coming winter, and winter could be until January because. <laughs> Or or it could be through through until February. I don't think it's that situation. I, I mean, think it, when it, I they think, released this trailer, they were very clear about saying it was twenty twenty. So I think I mean, they, yeah, they want to then, release it in twenty twenty. why would they go, you know, make this big old trailer that
1: says K to March twenty twenty? Yeah. You know, so, they wouldn't they wouldn't be, you know, that uh 'cause like 'cause when you look at it, like, I'm sure they don't want to pull another uncovered event where they made a big yeah. giant deal that this game was coming out, you know, in September and then only to delay it two months to November. So it's like, you know, yeah. you don't want to make a big old trailer that says kingdom hearts 2020 and then push it to
0: 2021. Yeah. Unless they actually yeah. have to. Exactly. And that, that's kind of, that's kind of my feeling is if, if they did, it would be because they have to, and not because they intend to, uh, I I think they have the full intention of releasing it this year, and considering what kind of game it seems to be, it seems like it's you know a lower, uh, you know it's it, it's not a it's not a number title, and I don't think it's trying to be. You it's know, it's trying like to be something a, smaller.
1: It's kind of like a Chain of Memories or a Kingdom Hearts three D.
0: Yeah, of, so
1: you know what's coming next.
0: So. I, yeah, you know it's it's clear that it's you know a lower thing than you know your typical Kingdom Hearts game. So I, I'm pretty sure they're pretty confident in uh, in releasing it uh, this year. So yeah, I'm gonna say December, but hopefully hopefully it's sooner. Um, and actually, one thing that I am surprised about that you know bringing up the fact that it's only coming out so or it's only announced so far for ps4 xbox one and switch i'm surprised that they didn't announce anything for for next gen consoles i mean unreal engine 4 does support uh next gen as well and it seems I like mean, they
1: could they could they could easily announce that later on they don't have to announce.
0: It they anymore. could yeah and you know if, if if like you were saying like if it was originally supposed to be something that they were talking about in april you know you think back to april we didn't know about the PS5 and the Xbox Series. Well, we knew about Xbox Series X, but PS5 wasn't really uh, fully announced then. So, well, we'll think
1: about it. If COVID wasn't a thing, you know, and they were showing this in April, then I'm pretty sure this game probably would have been uh, coming out. You know, because they they had intentions to release games sooner than we thought. If, they, if this trailer was shown in April, then I was going to take a guess that that the game was probably going to maybe release. August, probably August.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll have to see the the at the very least wow a new actual console kingdom hearts game it's got a story it uh yeah it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they uh they do with it ultimately but uh yeah it's exciting i I, it's something i didn't expect at all and then here it is coming out of nowhere so that's super cool
1: all right, say goodbyes. All right, bye, guys. We'll, we'll see you later. And we're almost
0: at 200. Almost there. All right, bye. I'm Brandon. Say goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.